Thanks for tuning in to Mountain View Fellowship's weekly podcast with lead pastor Don Headley. At MVF, our mandate is pointing people to Jesus by fostering relationships. We know Jesus cared for people and placed a lot of emphasis on relationships. So we do too. We believe that we're created for relationship with God and that He gave each one of us a desire to belong. If you'd like more information about MVF, connect with us at mvfcolorado.com. Now, stay tuned for this week's message. Good morning, Mountain View Fellowship. Happy Easter. We're so thrilled that you're here today. Thanks for tuning in. And even though we're not gathering in this place, we know that we are gathering together through the Spirit of God across hundreds of homes. And if you're by yourself today, I want you to know that you're not alone. Through God's Spirit, we are all connected. And I want you to know that you're gathering with hundreds and hundreds of other people today. And actually, billions of people across the globe today are celebrating Easter this morning. And so just, I hope that you feel connected because of that, that God's Spirit ministers to you in that. And so today, uh, we're celebrating Easter, as I said. Easter is this day where we gather together as Christians. Usually we gather together in a facility like this, but this year it's completely different. Uh, But normally we would gather together, uh, you know, our wives would buy us shirts that are the color of Easter eggs, shirts we would never wear any other time during the year. Uh, Some of you ladies, you would pull out a hat the size of a Volkswagen. It's got feathers and and flowers and and you would wear that. And, And we would come together to celebrate this Jesus. Now, if you've never heard this story, Jesus is the son of God. God sent his son to earth. We celebrate that at Christmas. But Jesus came and he spent about 30 years on this earth, uh, growing, learning. And then uh, about the 30th year, he started a three-year ministry. He began to go around and he called 12 disciples to himself and he began to train those men up and he began to teach and and heal and raise people from the dead. And, And some of the things he would teach were, love your neighbor as yourself, put others in front of you, Treat others as more important than yourself. I don't know why, but the religious leaders of the time, they saw that as a threat. They, they began to hunt him. They began to look for ways to take his life. And, and they, finally, they, they finally succeeded. And we, we remembered that just a few nights ago on Good Friday when we came together and we remembered the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. They, they would arrest him and they would falsely accuse him, and they would condemn him to death, death by a cross. But here's the great news and why we gather today. Because after uh, he died on the cross, they took his body and they placed him in a tomb. And three days later, when they came to the tomb, the tomb was empty. And that's why we're celebrating today, because the, the tomb is still empty. Jesus is still Lord. He still has forgiven our sins, and he is still on the throne. And so can I get a right on for that? We are excited today because today changed everything. It really did. Why? Because no other event has impacted the world as much as the resurrection of Jesus Christ. No other event. That's why Easter is such a big day. It's amazing when you look at the the early, early church and how it started to grow and what it's become today. How in the world did 12 peasant, fishermen, tax collectors, and farmers 
extend their reach to where now one in every four, almost one in every three people across the globe declare that they're a Christian. You realize that the the church is the largest organization in the entire world. The Christian church, it's it's made up of 2.1 billion people globally that identify as Christians. It's amazing to me. The church is larger number-wise than China and Europe combined. That's how big it is. It, It has it, has, it speaks more languages than any other organization. It's actually in more nations than the United Nation. Jesus himself is, is incredible because he, he wasn't an author. He didn't write any books. He, he never wrote a single self-help article. And yet more books have been written about Jesus Christ than any other subject. He wasn't a musician. He never wrote a song. He never composed a single score. And yet more music has been written about Jesus and the kingdom of God than any other subject. And arguably, some of the greatest music ever written was written by the church. Jesus wasn't even an architect. But you look at all the architecture that came out of of the churches and the cathedrals and and around the globe, all the different style of churches. And, And he wasn't a painter and he wasn't a sculptor, but yet most of the art is designed and dedicated to the cause of Christ more than any other subject. If you don't believe me, just travel the globe and walk into some thousand year old cathedral and look at the architecture, look at the paintings, or just look at the number of churches around you for that matter. You know, all these little towns in eastern Colorado, how many churches are in every town, all dedicated to the cause of Christ? Jesus wasn't a world traveler either. The furthest he went was about 200 miles away from his home, and yet you could go to any corner of the globe and you will find his followers. How does this happen? I mean, what in the world happened that caused that kind of a movement over the last couple thousand years? I would say it's the death and resurrection of Jesus. It's Easter because Easter changed everything. It changed everything. Easter is about the death and resurrection of our King, of our Savior. That's what it's about. And we refer to that as the good news. And I think that's an undersell because it's great news. It's the greatest news ever told because Jesus came and he died and he overcame death and he rose again, we have Easter. It's why we're here today, why we're celebrating. Now, I wanna give you a few things to celebrate today. I wanna give you, I think, five things that we can pull out of Easter. Because of Easter, these are things that, that we have access to. And here's the first one. Because of Easter, you can be free and forgiven. You don't have to live in guilt and shame for the rest of your life. You don't have to do that even for another minute. Why? Because Jesus paid for your sins. Now, if you're like me, you could sit down and you could write out all of your sins quickly. You could list all the things that you have regrets about. You could list a whole uh, hundreds of things that bring you shame. But see, it wouldn't do you any good because Jesus has paid for all of it. Past, present, and future. His sacrifice on the cross paid for all of it. You can be free of it. You can be completely forgiven through Jesus Christ. See, Jesus was nailed to the cross so that you don't have to keep nailing yourself to the cross. Ephesians 1 says it this way. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. Jesus was arrested on that night and he was put through six different trials, three of them Jewish, three of them Roman, under the cover of night. 
They did it in the dark because they knew what they were doing was wrong and they found nothing wrong with Jesus. Do you know why they crucified him? Do you know what charge they finally hung on him? The charge was that Jesus claimed to be God. I guess on that charge, he was guilty as charged because he was God. He proved it by going to the cross, by giving his life and then raising from the grave, raising from the dead. I mean, the, the empty tomb proves that he was God and he did it so that you could be free and forgiven. Now, maybe you're thinking that you're not that bad. Maybe you don't need forgiveness. My question is this, who nailed Jesus to the cross? It, it wasn't Pilate, it wasn't Caiaphas, it wasn't the Roman soldiers. You know who nailed Jesus to the cross? Romans 4.25 says it this way. He was handed over to die because of our sins and he was raised to life to make us right with God. We're the ones that nailed him to the cross because we've sinned, because we're sinful people. It was our sins that drove him to the cross and yet it says that he was raised to life to make us right with God. The empty tomb means that, that we are free and that we are forgiven. But the empty tomb also means, number two, because of Easter, you don't have to fear death. See, he was crucified and, and there were two men, Nicodemus, who was one of the, the Pharisees. He was one of the religious leaders of the time. And, and there was another guy by the name of Joseph of Arimathea. And they came and they asked for Jesus' body and they took it and they put it in this tomb that Joseph of Arimathea had. And they placed him in that tomb and, and when they did that, the Jewish leaders were afraid that his disciples would steal the body. And so they went to the Roman ruler and they said, could you do us a favor? We're asking for three things. Would you please do these three things? And, and what they wanted, see, they didn't bury people in the ground like we do today. They had caves and, and they placed him in this tomb, this cave. And, and one of the things they asked for was a big stone to be rolled over in front of the entrance. And that's exactly what they did. And the second thing they asked for was a seal, a Roman seal to be put over the, the tomb to make sure nobody could get in there. And then thirdly, they wanted Roman guards and, and they gave it to them. And even with all of that, the large stone, the Roman seal and the Roman guards, early on Easter morning, Mary shows up to the tomb. The guards are freaked out. They're gone. They're, they're, they're not guarding the tomb. The seal's broken. The stone has been rolled away. And she finds it empty. And what she finds is interesting. She finds his burial clothes folded in the tomb. Now you might say, well, somebody took the body. If you're gonna take a body, why would you take his clothes off of him and fold them up? I mean, if I'm taking a body, I'm taking the clothes with him, right? It doesn't make any sense. And yet in this moment, she's realizing that Jesus is not there. And somebody speaks to her and says her name, Mary. And she recognizes him as Jesus. He tells her, look, I've come back. I've done exactly what I promised to do. Now I want you to go back and I want you to tell the disciples. And they go back and they tell the disciples. And it's interesting because the disciples, if you read the story, they don't believe her. Like they think she's crazy. She's smoking something because this can't be happening. And yet uh, Peter would later write this in 2 Peter chapter one. He says, for we were not making up clever stories when we told you, about the powerful coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We saw his majestic splendor with our own eyes. He's saying, look, we saw it with our own eyes. We experienced it. We are witnesses. In a trial, your most powerful evidence is your eyewitness. 
Now, let me ask you this. If you had a friend who passed away, you went to the funeral, you saw him die, you saw him buried, and then a few days later, he showed up at your house, would you believe him? No, I think you would freak out. You would refuse to believe, wouldn't you? You would think somebody was playing a joke on you. And we bang on Thomas all the time, but let's be real. We're probably more like Thomas. We, we would have trouble believing. But if they stuck around and they had dinner with you and they started to have those conversations with you again and you begin to understand that this really was the person who died and that they were back alive again, all of a sudden, I think you would start to believe and you would start to get really excited. See, it would change your worldview. It would change everything about you. See, the resurrection of Jesus Christ changed the disciples forever. They would go on and all but one of them would be executed because of their faith. Why would they do that? Because they knew it was true. You don't do that for a joke. You don't do that for a hoax. They were executed because they saw with their own eyes, Jesus risen from the grave. That's what Easter's about. Now, we can be certain that we don't have to fear death, but also we can be certain of a future in heaven with God, to spend eternity with God. So it's not just about overcoming death, but it's about what's on the other side. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 says it this way. That is what the scriptures mean when they say, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. For me to try to understand heaven would be like an ant trying to figure out the internet. It's not gonna happen. But see, we know because of scripture, because of what Jesus has told us. And and if he can go to the cross and and, and go to the tomb and overcome death, uh, I'm gonna believe him. I'm gonna believe him when he talks about heaven as well. See, um, one of the problems that we have is is we fear death because we don't know what's on the other side. We don't know what's gonna happen. It's one of the biggest fears that people have. But because Jesus has overcome death, we know we no longer have to fear death. And not only do we not have to fear death, but we know what's coming, that we're promised eternity with Jesus in heaven someday. So because of Easter, you can be free, you can be forgiven. You don't have to fear death. And then number three, you can have God's spirit. Jesus told his disciples, look, when I leave, I'm gonna send you my spirit, a counselor. Um, We could not have God's spirit with us before the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Easter allows us to have God's spirit. Before that, we were in our sin. And because sin can't be in the presence of God, he could not dwell with us. But through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, when we receive him as Lord and Savior, we are free and we're forgiven. It clears the way for God's spirit to dwell within us. And and Jesus says, look, uh, your body is gonna be my temple. My spirit will dwell with you. Paul was trying to teach the church in Ephesus this in Ephesians chapter one when he wrote this. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. Look at this. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Let this sink in. Do you realize that the same power that raised Jesus from the tomb dwells within you? The same power. The reason we're here celebrating today, the fact that that Jesus overcame death and he walked out of a tomb, that power dwells within you. This is a gift that we get because of Easter. You wanna talk about something to celebrate, that's something to celebrate. Now, God placed his spirit within us to, to convict us, to direct us, 
but also to go everywhere with us so that he could be with us no matter where we go. And it enables us to be able to do the things that he's calling us to do. Jesus put it this way in Acts chapter one. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. We have God's spirit dwelling within us. And because of Easter, Not only do we have God's spirit dwelling within us, but you are also loved unconditionally. You are loved unconditionally. You can't stop God from loving you. You can reject him, you can hate him, you can pretend that he doesn't exist, but his love is not based on who you are, but who he is. His love is not based on what you do, but what he has done. You can't stop God from loving you. The Bible tells us that God is Love, because he loves us. He, he guards us and protects us and blesses us and, and helps us through our trials. And, and even when we're sick and even when we're experiencing trauma in our life, God never leaves us. Why? Because he loves us. Everything that we have and everything that we are is because God loves us. John three sixteen and 17 says it this way. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. You realize that really you could define Easter by just calling it love. I mean, he loved us so much that he sent his son to die for us. He rose from the tomb so that we could be forgiven of our sins and we could have eternal life. See, I believe that if you genuinely let God love you, and some of you have never done this, and I wanna encourage you to do this today, please, genuinely let God love you. If you'll do that, you will be changed forever. I've seen the love of God take some hardened, ridiculous, hard shell guy and turn him into the absolute most loving husband and father you've ever known. I've seen it melt the heart of a woman who had been abused her whole life. God's love will change you forever. Most religions are based on law or they're they're based on fear, but Christianity is based on love. John 13 says it this way. So now I am giving you a new command. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Jesus says, look, uh, Christianity says you have to love people. You have to love people that don't even love you. You have to love your enemies. The greatest identifier of whether you're actually a follower of Jesus Christ or not is how well you love. So because of Easter, you can be free. You can be forgiven. You, you don't have to fear death. You can have God's spirit dwell within you. You are loved unconditionally. And the last one I want to give you this morning is that you can have a greater purpose for your life. Jesus said that he came to give us real life, life abundantly. And I want you to know, because there's so many people today that think that life is an accident. You are not an accident. Your parents may not have planned you, but God did. You might think that you were a mistake or a screw up, but you were made by God and for God. And until you understand this, you will always be empty. You will always be lost until you come to this place where you understand that God has a purpose for you. See, C.S. Lewis put it this way, that we have this, this hole in our heart, in our life that is a God-shaped hole, and yet we, we find ourselves empty and we fill it with everything else but God, uh, sex and money and, and food and power and entitled titles, uh, whatever it might be, you know. We're chasing everything but God. And until we discover who God is, 
we will always be empty. Before his crucifixion, Jesus said it this way in Mark chapter 8. He said, if you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you will save it. See, the reality is most people have no idea what they're living for. And until you know what's worth dying for, you'll have nothing to live for. What are you living for? Do you have a greater purpose in your life? If not, God has one for you. See, your creator, the person who loved you so much that he would come and die for you, he has a purpose for you. Paul came face to face with this Jesus and it changed his life forever. And when he was writing about this purpose, this is what he said in Philippians chapter one. He said, for to me, living means living for Christ and dying is even better. His whole life was dedicated to Christ. If I'm living, I'm living for Christ. But then he says, and dying is even better. How can he say that? What he's saying is, I can't lose. If I live, I live for Christ. If I die, I go to Christ. I can't lose. This is a a no-lose scenario. I win. Why? Because of Easter. Because of Easter, you can be free and forgiven. You don't have to fear death. You can have God's spirit. You are loved unconditionally and you can have a greater purpose to your life. Maybe you've never heard that before. Maybe today's the first day that you're hearing that God loved you so much that he came for you, that he sent his son who died and rose again so that you could have forgiveness of sins and have eternal life with him. If that's what you're thinking today and you're thinking, gosh, I love what I'm hearing. Like, like I want a piece of that. I want to be forgiven. I want to be loved. I, I want to, to go through life without fearing death. I want to receive God's spirit and, and have him dwell within me. And I want a greater purpose for my life. If that's you, and you're wondering how you can take part in this Easter story that's been going on for thousands of years, I want to share with you Romans chapter 10, verse 9. It says, If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will be saved. Now, if you want to be part of this story, this whole celebration, you've never received Christ before. All you have to do is you have to declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that, that God raised him from the, the tomb. That's it. Now, this isn't a special prayer, but it's one that we've just written up so we can just hand it to you this morning. If you say a prayer like this, Jesus, I know I'm a sinner and I can't pay for my sins. And because of my sin separates me from God, I need a savior. Jesus, I believe you died for my sins and rose again so I can spend eternity with you. I repent of my sins. I accept your gift of salvation, declare you as Lord and commit my life to you. If you say a prayer like that, according to Romans, you are saved. You are part of God's family. You become part of that that global organization that's bigger than anything. Why? Because it's God's family. And I desire that you would know him today if you've never received him. If you say that prayer today, if if you're making that decision, I wanna hear from you. Would you just text to this phone number down here, this bottom phone number? And the reason for that is because we wanna encourage you. We wanna help you get started on this adventure with Jesus. And so just please text us and let us know and we'll send you some information and get you going and growing in Christ. And so please do that today. Now, if you have already received Christ, if you're already a believer, I pray that today this message has built up your hope. Like you found joy and excitement in this because you have a resurrected Savior. I want to encourage you today to celebrate 
like you've never celebrated before. You might be at home by yourself, but celebrate. Why? Because Easter changed everything. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, we come to you right now. We thank you that we are speaking to a God who is alive and active, a God who cares about every detail of our life. God, we celebrate Easter today. We celebrate what you did on the cross and especially what you did in the tomb. The fact that you would overcome death and hollow out the grave so that we could be made right with you. God, thank you. Thank you for for loving us. Thank you for providing for us, Lord, for forgiving us for dwelling with us, for giving us a purpose. Lord, I pray that in all these things, you would continue to draw us close to you. And Lord, I pray, especially for those that are at home by themselves today, those that are struggling, would you please meet with them on this Easter Sunday morning and let them know that you are alive, that you know what's going on in their lives, that you love them and that you're caring for them. God, we thank you for all these things. We ask that your name would be glorified above everything else. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, the only name that we can call up to call upon to be saved and the only name that has ever defeated death thank you jesus amen thanks for joining us here at mountain view fellowship we'd love the chance to meet you in person we gather each sunday at 9 and 10:45 a.m. at 1955 headlight road in strasburg colorado if you aren't able to join us in person We'll meet you right back here next week. God bless.